You're listening to Team Talk on ESPN Radio, 1017, The Team. We're in the Michael Jordan era right now. There you we're, go. We're in the Michael Jordan era for Patrick Mahomes. It's Ooh. literally, Patrick, it, it, on this show, we always try to, well, you know, put Patrick Mahomes with other, like Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, yeah. Lamar Jackson. Let's stop it Ooh. right there. Let's stop it. It's literally that man right there, Patrick Mahomes, and everybody else. Yeah. Well, hard to argue that looking at the numbers that Mahomes quietly posted in yesterday's overtime win for the Kansas City Chiefs. So, uh, Sam, I, I said you you're watching the game. It seems like the Niners like should be up by you know more points, and you know how dangerous the Chiefs are. Well, we weren't the only ones uh, thinking that. Here's head coach Kyle Shanahan, uh, never comfortable with that lead. And this is my second game as a head coach. I think when you go against guys like Tom Brady and Pat Mahomes, you better never feel comfortable with the lead. I mean, those are two of the best players to ever play the game. And that's why whether you have a lead or you're down points, it's, I mean, those guys are always in it. You know what this game was? Games in Vegas, so everybody wants to make the analogy of calling it a prize fight, which, which it was. I mean, it was the football version of a prize heavyweight fight. It was a bu- jackpot... Didn't Kelsey right. uh, Viva Las Vegas? He, that he went certainly over like, did. That that did not. Tony that, Romo sung a few times going into breaks. Travis Kelsey with the Viva Las Vegas. This wasn't just a prize fight. This was a Floyd Mayweather fight. That's the comparison that I have to this game. Because think about what Floyd Mayweather fights are. He's going into that knowing that he can go twelve rounds, and the odds are you probably can't. And the first few rounds of Floyd Mayweather fights stink. They're boring. Nothing is happening. The other guy's trying to throw punches. He's just dodging them left and right. He'll take your body blows to make you feel like you did something. And then as soon as he senses seventh round, eighth round, ninth round comes around, he sees you're tired. That's when it's time for the big boys to go to work. And with the way that Steve Spagnola and Andy Reid saved some of their best play calls for the end, they came and did that Floyd Mayweather 12th round work. Nice analogy on that, Sam. I mean, uh, the whole connection to Vegas and going into Floyd Mayweather. And apparently Mayweather, he bought Floyd Mayweather and Apparently the he bought Green. his own suite. Oh he, oh, he did? He, he apparently bought his own suite. He dropped for, his, because, the, of course he can, because he makes $800 million every time he fights. Well, we didn't hear who he bet on, right? That means he bet on the Niners. Because normally when he wins... He likes to show everybody his ticket. So other than, you know, buying a suite, I don't know uh, how he did the rest of the day uh, when it came to yesterday's game. All right, so uh, people just heaping praise uh, on top of Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I want to hear what um, Jeff Saturday, former head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, pretty good player in his day too, how what his thoughts on Mahomes was. You know what I think separates him because we all talked about this when when Wood brought up the the Jordan era, right? For all of us watching, I played with one of the greatest to ever do it. He played with one of the greatest. I played against one of the greatest to ever do it, right? And Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. And when you think about what he's been capable or what he has done in the biggest moments, more of it falls to him, and he continues to make that plays. Like D. Wood was saying, when, when you're talking about the last drive of the fourth quarter and then overtime, he was not going to be denied. He would take it all on himself, and again, we've seen him. It doesn't matter if, the, if, if, if one of his teammates drops it. He owns all of it, and I think so when he hits situations like that, he just does it differently. That was what was so special to me last night. All right, so... Man, you got to like continue that thought plan by saying that 
Mahomes and every other quarterback in the NFL is playing the most influential position in all of sports. I'll just say it. Uh, you could talk about the other 10 guys on the field on offense and the 11 on the other side, but but nobody's guaranteed to touch the ball on every snap except for one guy, and that's the quarterback. And there's been very few that can have that kind of domination. One of them, of course, uh, Tom Brady, the other one now, you got to talk Patrick Mahomes. But think about it, Sam. In every other sport, your baseball player, Bonds, when he was dominating, you know, was only up once every nine times at the plate and did okay out in the field if a ball was hit to him. And then the other team could actually walk him, which they did all the time. Well, you, not you, even that. Look at the guy the Dodgers just got. How many times over the years has it been Shohei Otani hit two home runs and strike out 11 batters and the Angels lose 3 to 2? A, a, that uh, another example. And he's a guy that's actually pitching at the right. same time. So there's that there like so really kind of just going back to my but, point. Right, it emphasizes how important the quarterback it, is. It is. Like even um Cleveland uh, or excuse me Chicago Bulls uh like the Cavaliers went like you know, went after them time and time again, and were able to like contain Jordan to some degree, uh, where he had to rely on you know guys like Steve Kerr or John Paxson or you know Bill Cartwright or Luke Longley or whoever, uh, like th- to help Tony him Kukoc. along. You know, the, the, the t- don't forget Tony Kukos. Don't forget Scottie Pippen either. But like that quarterback position there, Sam. You know, they're getting that ball at every step on offense. And when you got a guy who's a magician like Mahomes uh, is, uh, yeah, it's it's like it's just on display and it's greatness, and that's all there is to and it. And that's so- why I keep going back to the decision that Kyle Shanahan made is because. Like this this is the way I look at it. Kyle Shanahan decides he he decides San Francisco wins the coin toss in overtime. Shanahan gets the ball first. He's getting roasted open over an open fire today. This is the way I look at it. Worst case scenario, if Kansas City gets the ball first, worst case scenario is all of a sudden now you have to go get a touchdown. And the odds of doing that against KC's defense not very good. If you go down and score first, Worst case scenario in this in the world where you are, let's just say the Niners get a touchdown like they tried to do. Then worst case scenario is Patrick Mahomes does what Patrick Mahomes does and scores a touchdown, and the game keeps going. Like you, you want to try to put the pressure on Kansas City? I I, I, I don't agree with that at all. Uh, like you know the whole thing. If we can go down and do this, if we can go down and do that, yeah. I I, I so okay. I, I'm I'm taking the other side. I think it's a clear cut decision that you want the ball knowing what the cards on the table are, number one, and also having the opportunity to go on fourth down uh, every single, uh, like, you know, every single uh, set of downs, I I think is a huge advantage. Okay, so here's uh, CC Chris Canny. You hear him every morning on Unsportsmanlike here on 101.7 The Team. Uh, he actually, in this case, is on my side. Here's what Chris Canny had to say about the decision. Wanting the ball third doesn't pass the smell test. It doesn't. Like I could have settled for the explanation of, okay, my defense was just on the field because the Kansas City Chiefs just marched down, kicked the field goal to push it in overtime. That's it. I wanted to yeah. rest the guys. But why not just say that? Like, you can always explain that, and that part of it makes sense. But saying that you want it third makes me feel like Kyle Shanahan panicked in that moment. 
that logic, that rationale doesn't make sense. Well, uh, yeah, I, I I think the part of wanting to rest your defense would have been marginal too, because from the time the game ended till the time they got back on the field, they're u- they're used to that kind of thing, and uh, you know, hey, fatigue is on both sides of the ball. But at but least he- then you're owning it. Uh, at least then you're owning. It. You're saying this is why I wanted to do this. I mean, we well, saw- did he own the fact that he said he wanted to do it in case there was a third possession and he wanted to have the one in this like uh, do, do, what is it called uh, the sudden death? Sudden do or death. Die? Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that's like, not that's not that, owning it. That's, that's not owning. That's it? not owning it. That's creating a hypothetical that says, "Hey, we." That's how I wanted it to go. We didn't even get to that third chance that I was hoping for. Like that's a scenario that you're hoping for. But again, in that scenario. Somebody, one of your sides of the ball didn't do what you need them to do. It's a hypothetical that nobody can push back on because we never even got to that place. He he made a decision in, was it was either at the end of the fourth quarter at the or on Kansas City's drive in overtime. He made a decision where there was a big play call coming up and he calls timeout because Steve Wilkes wants to run a blitz and he said, timeout, uh-uh, no. Because if we're going to go down, look, I've already lost two Super Bowls. If we're going down, it's because of something that I'm deciding. That flies in the face of owning the fact that you lost again. So if he had said, I wanted to rest my defense, like even though there's a bunch of time between when you know the the game ends and they do the coin flip and they get back on the field they he better have had like two or three guys on the defense or the defensive coordinator saying hey man these guys are gassed they're not they they're too tired to go back out on the field right now which we never heard he he used the whole thing of his if there's a third possession which yeah i i think that and we both agree on this is there's so many variables to jump that far ahead. And I'll go back to the fact that had the Niners scored a touchdown and the Chiefs scored a touchdown, there wouldn't necessarily have been a third possession because the Chiefs faced with that like do-or-die situation on the other side where they get beat by a 57-yard field goal uh, might have made the Chiefs Go for it there. Go for two to win the game. So Andy Reid actually was asked uh, about his thing. And and the thing that was that doesn't make the Niners look good at all is like how many references they have to the Chiefs, like having already put this on the table, like it many meetings with the team and going back to early in the season. This is what the deal is in overtime. But when we get to the Super Bowl, this is what the deal is in this, you know, whatever. And also obviously that have been probably more discussion within the coaches and Andy Reed didn't come clean, but he said, well, before that coin was flipped, had he won, he knew what he was going to do. And he didn't say I would have done the same thing. No, so but I'm sure it he- makes you think that he would have done like what I'm saying that the Niners should have done is, Hey, let's play defense. Let's see what the Niners do. And then we know that if we have to go for it on fourth down, every every set of downs, we're starting with four in our pocket. I'm just imagining he did that with a very wry smile on his face because like the great storytellers out there, Andy Reid's going to let you think whatever you want to think about what decision he might have made, putting yourself in his head because that's what Kansas City does. On the other side, this is 49ers fullback Kyle Juszczyk and defensive lineman Eric Armstead. They were asked about this 
whole situation afterwards. You know what? I didn't even realize that the the playoff rules were different in overtime, so I I assumed you just want the ball because you score a touchdown and win, but I guess that's not the case. Um, so I don't really, I don't totally know the strategy there. No. No. I didn't even know about the new over, uh, playoff overtime rule, so it was a surprise to me. And it's, it, it's such an indictment, and it's so sad because there are a lot of areas in this game where, I mean, we're not going to talk about them today because there's so much to get to on the winning side, but there were so many elements of this game where, yeah, you want to say San Francisco put themselves in the position to be right there, and then you have everybody else afterwards saying, oh, well, this is one key area where we weren't prepared. If there's one thing that could not happen... Even in something Dude, that feels inconsequential, it is absolutely yeah, that's embarrassing. An, it's like Donovan McNabb. That happened to him in a game where. Well, like, I hope we don't. I hope the game doesn't end in a tie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, and I'm not trying to drub that up. I, I mean, now neither one of these guys were the ones that that were like on the field for the coin toss. Neither one of them were the ones that said we'll take the ball or whatever. Uh, but the last thing you want are players like talking about how you know, th- th- like. Those guys, if that was the case, they probably would have been better off just like not saying you know, like anything about that because that really looks bad on Shanahan and crew. Oh, all you do is really bad. All you say is, hey, you know what? Rules are rules. We we didn't do what we were supposed yeah. to do. If we go score a touchdown, then it's a different story anyway. You don't say you didn't have a clue on like th- thinking that if we scored, we won. In the Super Bowl, you had two... Super Bowl in the Super Bowl how is there something you're not ready for you have two weeks even if somebody spends two weeks reading the rule books to make sure they know everything about this game two weeks yeah and the fact that the game was so evenly matched uh you know it, it, the likelihood of overtime was far greater than it probably had been in other uh, you know, Super Bowl games. I, I see that smile. It would have been nice to take, will there be overtime, yes or no, and t- taking the odds on that. I'm sure some people did that. Oh, that would. You know, probably kind of a little bit of a long shot, maybe not as long as you might have thought. All right, when we come back, we're going to get back to college hoops. We're bouncing back and forth in chronological order. Last night's Super Bowl, Saturday night's Lobo game. When we come back, now the dust has settled. The Lobos are not in the top 25 anymore, but Pretty impressive numbers uh, nonetheless, and we'll whip around the league and let you know where everybody else is at. We'll do that when we come back. He's Sam Hauser. I'm Joe O'Neill, ESPN Radio 1017, the team.